0: This happened back when I was 13 years old. Every Thanksgiving, my entire family always goes to my aunt's house because everybody just really loves her cooking. She had cooked us the standard Thanksgiving foods turkey, stuffing, etc. Most of the time, the family spends the night on Thanksgiving, except for my parents. Usually, my uncle has to take out four air mattresses. After all the kids were done eating, they went to go play with their toys now, since I was 13, I didn't really want to go play with the little kids. So I was hanging out with the only other kids my age, my brother and cousin. We'll call my brother A and my cousin L for privacy reasons. We were all staying up later than everyone else. We were just watching some YouTube videos and talking to each other. It was about 11pm at this point. All of a sudden, A looks towards the window right behind the couch, and then says, Holy shit, I think someone's out there. At first, L and I just thought he was joking. I looked out the window as well, and I felt my heart drop to my stomach. I then saw a bald man just looking through the window and smiling at us. L then screamed for my aunt and uncle, but by the time they came in the living room, the man was gone. They made us go to bed. My brother and I slept on two air mattresses in my aunt and uncle's room. I woke up during the middle of the night randomly. I was just fully awake for some reason. I checked my phone, and the time said 2.37 a.m., and I then heard a tap on the window. I then looked over to my brother, and he was wide awake too. It was also really cloudy this night, so we couldn't really see what made the noise. I then turned the flashlight on my phone on, and pointed it at the window. I saw the same bald guy from earlier, now pressing his face against the window screen. I then let out the loudest scream I could muster, which then caused my cousin, aunt, and uncle to come running into the room. I was trying to explain through tears what just happened. Both of my uncles then ran out to try and catch the man, but of course, they never found him. My aunt let me stay on my phone for the rest of the night because there was just no way that I was going back to sleep after that. I'm 17 years old now and I've never forgotten this night no matter how hard I've tried. It was really horrible to say the least. When I was in 7th grade my grandmother had fallen very ill in the fall. She had been in the hospital for months and unfortunately she wasn't really showing any signs of getting better. A girlfriend of mine, who we'll call Amanda, had gotten a Ouija board for Christmas. We decided to play in her attic in the dark, with only a candlelight and a Bible to be safe. The Ouija board was something that I had only ever heard about, and this was my first time playing. Amanda and I were really close friends, but I had never really talked to her about my grandmother being sick. We're asking the Ouija board all kinds of random, silly questions and it suddenly just spells out my name. T-I-N-A. Her and I both paused, and I slowly replied, Yes? The planchette starts moving, and then spells out, G-M-A. I replied, G-M-A? My grandma? The planchette then moves to Yes. I started to get a little nervous, and then the Ouija board spells out Mary, which was my grandmother's name, but also a name that I'd never once told Amanda. Before I could even respond to the board, it started to spell out D-I-E, and immediately starts moving to the numbers. It went to the one, and then started moving to two. And right in that moment, I realized that the board was trying to tell me my grandmother was going to die. I immediately told Amanda that we need to say goodbye, and so we do. Since this was my first time playing, I didn't really want to think too much into it, so I did my best to forget about all that happening. My family and I go to Pittsburgh for New Year's Eve, and I went to visit my grandmother, who was unfortunately still in the hospital. I started having a panic attack on January 2nd, thinking that was going to be the day that she passes. However, she lives through that day and I didn't think to myself, okay, the board was just full of shit, I guess. Weeks go by, and my grandmother's finally set to be released on January 22nd, which was on a Friday. Wednesday, January 20th, 2010, at 3 a.m., my grandma's heart began to fail, and she had passed away that morning. I can't help but wonder, was the planchette going to the zero before I moved it to goodbye? If I never played that day, would she still randomly pass like that? I really don't know if the Ouija board had anything to do with her passing, but I do find it incredibly strange that she passes just days before she's going to be released. It's just really bizarre. So for context, I'm a 22-year-old male, and I live in a large city in the Midwest. Now, I drive for Lyft while putting myself through trade school. I also drive for other similar companies, but that's besides the point. I have many, many horror stories from those as well, but I'll tell those another time. It was Christmas Eve 2020. I was out driving for Lyft for a few hours before heading to my mom's with my new baby and wife. Nothing really special going on for the night. Just the usual. I get a ride request. It happened to be a pickup from this kind of lower-income apartment complex. No big deal. I arrive, find my passenger, and he has all of his belongings with him. Like several boxes of stuff. Now, my car is a 2006 Chevy Impala, so it's not really too big. We get all of his stuff loaded up, barely, and we're on our way. Now, during the ride, the guy was crying and saying that his girlfriend was cheating on him and he had apparently walked in on them earlier that night. He couldn't stay there because her name was on the lease. So I was taking him to a hotel. Now in my city, we happen to have a street that is pretty well known for having vices. Hookers, drugs, gangs, weapons, and shady motels. You know, the works. We get to the motel, and he asked me to wait for him to check in and get his key. No problem, man. I say, I'll confess, I break the rules a little when it comes to Lyft. I have a gun hidden in a concealed holster, secured to the underside of my driver's seat for protection. Reason being, driving Lyft and other contract apps, I've had knives and guns pulled on me, as well as having people try to fight me, rob me, and all kinds of other things. But like I said, stories for another time. This motel was on that street that I had mentioned before homeless people were everywhere. There was a dude on the far corner of the complex that still had a needle in his arm, passed right out against the building, and I'm a pretty big fan of true crime and horror narration, so I'm on edge. He gets his key, the whole motel is ground level, so to help the guy out, I drive to his door. As I mentioned before, he had a lot of stuff, so I started to help him unload his stuff. While on my second trip getting stuff, I'd saw a guy come out of a room just south of my car, then followed by two ladies. They came up to the room I was next to. One of the ladies then pounded on the door, then opened it. That's when I then saw the guy raise a fucking shotgun right out of his long coat and then storm into the room. The two ladies followed him, then slamming the door behind them. Following, I heard a lot of yelling and shouting. I was honestly just waiting for shots to ring out. Out of nowhere, my passenger came up behind me. I can take this man. Go ahead and take off. Have a Merry Christmas. And he gave me a cash tip. I didn't even notice that he took the boxes out of my hands or slid a $5 bill in my pocket. I was frozen. I knew what may have been going down in that room. I had to leave or at least go to where I could get my gun. I know that the guy and the ladies both saw me and I know that they knew I saw the gun. I just had to get the fuck out of there. You know how it goes. No witnesses. I got in my car and then sped away as quickly as possible. I got a block or so away and then called the cops. I gave them every detail I could. After I got off the phone with the police, I signed out a lift. I hadn't made much money, but I was done. I got a call later that night. The cops investigated. They never found the gunmen or the women. They never answered the door that I saw them come out of. And the occupants of the room they went into said nothing happened and that I was full of shit. Well, I definitely wasn't. I know what I saw. Hey, everyone. Apologies for the brief interruption on the stories. But I want to talk about today's sponsor, ShipStation. As you all know, the holidays are right around the corner, literally. And it can be a really chaotic time, especially when shipping out all those packages for our loved ones. Between growing your business, managing inventory, and juggling all those orders, you've got a lot going on this holiday season. Make shipping the easiest part of your day with ShipStation. Believe it or not, I have quite a few friends who have their own small businesses through Etsy and even Instagram. And well, ShipStation is their go-to for sending out orders. It's also really great for saving money and getting the best deal when juggling all those orders. Figuring out the best way to ship your orders can really be frustrating and confusing, but ShipStation makes it quick, easy, and convenient. Easily import orders from any sales channel, automate just about any shipping task, Spend less time sorting through those orders and more time doing what you do best, which is growing your business. ShipStation also works with all the major carriers and gives you exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS shipping so you can compare carriers and choose the best solution for you and your customers. With ShipStation, small businesses can now access the same rates usually reserved for Fortune 500 companies, but without all those contracts or commitments. It's never too early to start prepping for the holiday rush, so get a head start with ShipStation. My listeners can use my offer code CANNIBAL to get a 60-day free trial just in time for the holidays. That's two months of stress-free holiday shipping for free. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top, and enter in CANNIBAL. ShipStation. Make ship happen. So this happened last year, the week before Christmas. I was 13 years old when this took place. Now, this isn't really as scary as some of the other stories submitted, but it's still pretty unsettling. On this day, I decided to hang out at my mom's workplace as she owns a small business with no other employees. For some backstory, the area where she's located in isn't really the best. It's pretty much known for drug addicts. The tenants in the building two doors down from us actually got evicted for destroying and building and creating a living space for drug addicts and homeless people. They found beds and makeshift showers in there. Anyways, it was around 5 p.m. and clients were coming in and out. Then this guy walked near the large window in the front. Now, he stood there for a while and I didn't really think too much of it since there's always homeless people roaming around the center. I went to the back to go sit when I then heard the door open. My mom asked if this person needed anything. This raised some red flags since the person never answered the question. I got up to see who it was. The wall was set up so that I could see them, but they couldn't see me. I saw this six foot something white guy just standing there. He was really dirty and his clothes were all torn up. My mom kept asking this guy questions, but he never answered. He just stood there, staring at her. I was literally shaking. I don't know how to explain it, but the way that he was staring, it just seemed threatening. She threatened to call the police. Nothing. I started recording just in case something happened. She ended up calling the police as well as my dad. The police showed up right in time as the guy then started grabbing his bag for something. They searched the man and they found two large knives as well as some really hard drugs in the bag. The guy was obviously arrested but I'm not really sure what happened to him afterwards. Although nothing insanely really bad happened, I don't really want to think about what would have happened if the police didn't arrive on time. We got lucky. I'm a 30 year old female and I'm a current student in nursing. 2020 Thanksgiving went from really exciting to creepy for me. It all started off with me passing an exam at 86% and spending a pre-Thanksgiving with my boyfriend and his family. This particular night, right before Thanksgiving, I spent at my brother's house. I left for home around 8 a.m. I woke up exhausted, but my mental state turned manic. I was awake and I was wanting to give my sister a surprise gift for me and her kids. Because she hadn't replied yet, and my manic state, I decided to go to her house. The day was fun. A lot of food, booze, and dancing. I loved it. At around 6 p.m., I had planned my trip out to my boyfriend's temp house. We got into a bit of an argument. As I told him since it was a three-hour drive, I'd start around 1 a.m. He didn't really agree with this as he thought it would be too late and dark to travel to a rural area, which prompted me to remind him I'm grown, which was a bit of a mistake on my part. He became a bit annoyed and upset. However, we later agreed on my arrival. The festives went on at my sister's. Alcohol fun, Thanksgiving family pictures, and a lot of food. Around 11 p.m., I decided to take a nap However, my manic brain thought to shower. Due to me needing help with running the shower and attempts to fix my hair, I ended up laying down around midnight. I had set an alarm to wake up at 1 a.m., but of course, I slept through it. I was woken up at 3.30 a.m. when my sister then asked me, why didn't you leave? I woke up and desperately moved as fast as I could out of her house. I left my phone, and I had to turn around and go back. Once I retrieved the phone, I was finally on my way for a second time. I ended up going in the wrong way, as I mixed up two cities' names because they both started with CH. Once the GPS was on, and I realized I was going in the wrong direction, I was on my way. Once leaving the city lines of Sacramento, I got into a race with a Silverado that was lifted. In my jealousy that I was in an SUV versus a really beautiful truck, I decided to take on the race. That is, until I reached 120 miles per hour for about 10 minutes and decided it wasn't worth the ticket. At the time, it was only me, the Silverado, and a fellow Ford on the road. About five minutes later, the Silverado took an exit. Now it was only me and the fellow Ford in a rural dark area. During the drive, I noticed the Ford was on the side of me, and at one point, they seemed to be close enough right on my right side to swipe me. Due to my blindness in the dark, I was way more focused on making it safely They seemed to even cut off other cars to be on the side of me. We made it to a small town which meant taking a major street for about 3-5 to five miles, just going through stoplights. At one point, I thought, Damn, I really hate when people are so close to me like that. It was really annoying to me, but after two lights, the fellow Ford turned off, and I honestly felt a bit childish for even caring. Two to three lights down as I made it through the green light, I noticed a car turning onto the street. It was the same car. At this point, my body started to shake as the car made sure it was back on the right side of me, keeping up with persistence this time. My head began to hurt, and at first, I don't think I understood that fear was kicking in why would this car come back to the main street there's only three other cars and he's the one on the side of me the fight or flight response began to creep up on me and i didn't want to turn my head as if i noticed in that moment i didn't want to call my boyfriend what if i'm just paranoid i mean i've traveled alone for longer distances at night before is alcohol still in my system my boyfriend and mom will lose it if i call them why is this happening In that moment, I saw a light turning yellow as we approached side by side. My brain went into rationalization, and I thought, do not panic, stay calm, ignore the headache. When the light turns green, stay, see if he goes. We approached the light and then stopped. The light seemed to be much longer than the others. I moved my eyes towards the fellow forward on the side of me. The windows were lightly tinted, but I could see a hat and a person looking towards me. Then seconds later, look up at the light and then peer back into my passenger window. My head and my heart began to become one, both in pain and fear. Then the light turned green. There were two cars behind us, but I stayed on my brakes. I didn't move, and I didn't see his car enter the intersection either. I turned my head to look, and I could now see more of the silhouette of the man's face under the hat staring at me. I took off slowly to collect my composure and not seem to be scared, keeping my pace of slowly going through the intersection. I heard a car behind us beep the horn and it was like a light switch. I noticed a truck in the distance through the last light that was making it through the abyss of the rural highway that was only a one-lane road. I decided to speed up to make the last light, but so did the fellow Ford keeping up with my pace. It seemed that he was trying to cut me off but I went from 45 to 65. The trucks were going slow and now he was behind me and so close that I could see his lights in full. In a panic I went off the side of the road as to pull off to pass up the truck and so did he. When I noticed he passed the truck and was still just as close behind I noticed the second truck. I sped up to 90 miles per hour and went towards the left which was into incoming traffic to cut off the truck. My rationalization was to speed and even if I was pulled over, I'd be safe. I hoped anyways. I cut off the big rig truck and began to speed up. Now able to see far behind me in the distance through my rear view mirrors, I could see the car trying to cut off the truck to the right and left. But cars were oncoming in the opposite lane and due to trees to the right. The Ford seemed to weave in and out of the lane. He was trying to erratically cut off the truck. By now, even the truck lights were far behind me. I was going about 120 miles per hour and continued it with no effort. As I'm experienced with driving fast and my adrenaline to flight made it easy. After about five to 10 minutes, I slowed down to 80 miles per hour and then to 65 miles per hour after about 30 minutes. An hour later, I stopped at a store that appeared to have many customers, which prompted me to stop as I was paranoid and couldn't be 100% sure the fellow Ford wasn't near me. I went into the store to grab food and coffee, but my appetite was gone, so I just decided on coffee and a smoke. Walking into the store, I saw both customers and employees give me a wide-eyed look, followed with a look of sorrow, which made me feel embarrassed. I was shaking really badly, And my makeup had run all over my face from the crying. And I'm sure I looked like I was coming off of drugs from the fact that my sympathetic nerve was transferring its hard work over to the parasympathetic nerve. In other words, my body was coming off the adrenaline. I went to pay for my coffee and request smokes, but the shaking made it really hard for me to enter my pen for my debit card. I actually had to try like three times. Back to the car I went in fear, my head pounded into my ears. I hoped some tobacco would calm me. The smoke seemed to help calm me down slightly, but the shaking and headache persisted in a bearable manner. The sun was now coming up, and I was almost there. I was still shaking and still upset, and crying on and off. Of course, when I finally made it to my boyfriend's, he could sense it and was able to get the truth out of me. I could see he was upset, but he had tried to console me with a hug and kiss and encouraging I rest so I could calm down. It was really hard to study that day. The headache really persisted and I stayed in bed. My boyfriend made the decision for me to not take any more late night drives and even made sure that I stayed in his dwellings until he was off and with me. It's now days later and it's dark out and I'm scared to go out. I really wish I would have listened. 30 years old or not, no person male or female should ever think it's okay to drive into rural areas at night. There really are some crazies out there.